in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the knowledge and the power of your holy word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is holy. It's without blame. We can't go wrong believing you. We can't make a mistake when we when we decide to trust in you. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for trusting souls here, willing spirits, eager hearts, hearts that want to receive what your spirit is saying to us. So we thank you, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God. So so we're going to talk today about the fact that this medicine goes in your ear. Amen. This medicine goes in your ear. So we're talking about the medicine of the word. If you'll turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, we'll start there, and, and uh, many years ago, the Lord told me to start. Always start there when we have healing school, because if people don't understand that they are being healed as they hear the word, uh, they will never be attentive to the word to receive it. Amen. And so we have to do things on purpose. There's a purpose for us coming together to hear the word, and that purpose is that we might be changed for the better that we would receive everything that the word is is ministering to us and helping us to understand. So it is a blessing to be able to have all of the things that God has ordained for us to receive. Uh, it really, really is. I think about uh, how I, I used to live. I was uh, my first uh, um, uh, career profession was nursing. And I can remember... You know, in nursing school, number one, you start learning about diseases, and the first thing you do is start checking yourself for symptoms. It just goes with the, thank you, thank you, Nurse Nikki. Nurse Nikki is, Nurse Nikki is almost there. Have you killed anybody yet? See? Acquitted on all charges, so I think she'll probably make it. Amen. So, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, I can remember every time you read about something, you checked yourself to see if that was what you had. That's just the way people, people working around that stuff, that's just how they live. So, you know, sometimes you would go and if it wasn't busy in emergency room, you go down and tell one of the, girl, I'm not feeling good. You check so and so. So we checked each other under, you know, other than that, you'd have to go through the ER and get checked in, but we check each other out. That's just, you got a free pass from all of that other stuff if you were working there. And so um, I can remember those days and, and frequently seeing doctors uh, to check up on this and check up on that. And, and uh, women were always going for something. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, I think about those days now, and I thank God for uh, understanding how health really comes and who is in charge of all health, and that we can walk in divine health. We can walk in health every day of our lives before God, because that's his plan for us. Amen. He has ordained it. So as we gather together like this, we are learning these things. Um, the Lord admonished me to continue to talk about health and healing during this time, because it's a universal need. There's nobody who will watch this this video, uh, Facebook, YouTube, or however it's coming across to you, that does not need to have understanding of healing. Because we can never understand it too much. 
Well, anyhow, some people think it's right. But I think it's always right because there's so much now against us as far as our health is concerned. You know, not only the average everyday things that might come with, with, you know, say things that you feel inheritance, sensitivities and all that. Of course, we don't respect that when you belong to God because, uh, you know, you, you're a citizen of a different kingdom and you're a new creation being. So your new creation man is healthy. You're just trying to get the devil off of you. So you, <laughs> you understand that? I mean, that's going to be your day to day job. You got to get up and punch him like, you know, like when you punch in for work, you start punching him because he's on our case 24 seven trying to get us to accept something that the old person would have had to accept. And so when you come into a knowledge of God, your your quest as far as pursuing his knowledge and pursuing the word is to grow yourself up in the knowledge of God to the extent that you could live like he has ordained for you to live. See, you know, when I preach, people say, well, what you talking about? You mean I can't go to the doctor? I can't take an aspirin? You can do what you want to do. I'm just here to tell you what's available to you. You understand what I mean? If you want to believe it and have the benefit of it, that's my job. Amen. It's to, to open your eyes to the things that God has made available to you through his covenant of mercy and his covenant of love. And this is why we gather together and hear the word so that we can stay up on things. So when you go out that door and you sit up and listen to that crazy news 24-7, you know, telling you about who ain't doing this and who ain't doing that and who don't love you and who's a racist and who's a sexist and who's a homophobe and who's a disophobe, You know, by the time you get through the list of all the bad people in the world, you know, you'll be so confused. You say, is there anybody out here doing good? And so you need the word. Amen. We need the word. We need to feast on the word more than we do. The early church had 24-7 church. that That didn't get much applause. Them people never went home. Huh? Because they were turning the world upside down. Caesar was scared of the Christians. The church people were scared of the Christians. The believers. Because they didn't know what your God might come out and do. You understand? <laughs> so it's sometimes it's good to keep people on edge a little bit. Don't let them get too comfortable around you. You don't never know what my God going to do. Might come down here and take everybody home with him all of a sudden. You might be sitting here talking to an empty chair. But you can go with me. Amen. Amen. So that's, that's where we live. So Proverbs 4, 20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them in health or medicine to all of their flesh. It also tells you to keep your heart with all diligence. In other guard what you put inside your heart. Guard what you let nestle on the inside of you. Guard what you let, what news you hear in your ear and let it settle on the inside of you. So he says, because that's where the issues of life come from. Everything that issues forth for your life and for your health, for your well-being comes out of your heart. Amen. And so you want to guard that. 
You want to be careful what goes into your heart. You want to be careful what things you believe. You want to be careful that the things that you believe and you adopt line up with God's word. The things you obey should issue from a pure heart, believing God's word and trusting in God. So when we endeavor to receive healing, receive anything, receive the medicine of the word, it comes by the ear. So that's why we have to be diligent about protecting our ears. When you guard your ear, you guard your heart. When you guard your eyes, you guard your heart. Amen? There are some things that we should not be interested in seeing or hearing because they're not going to add anything to our lives. You want stuff that's going to add to your life. Amen? You don't want anything that's going to take you down, put you on a wrong road, anything like that. So you want to guard what you hear and guard what you receive and guard what you believe. Amen? Romans uh, 6.23. Let me see what that says. And, well, don't go there yet. Hold on a second. Let me peek. Let me peek over there because there's a reason I put it right there. Oh, yeah, I know. It's got to come a little bit later. Don't worry about that one right now. Now, now, in Galatians 3 and verse 2, you have a New Testament, really, reiteration of the same scripture. Galatians is a good book. It tells you, tells the church what we don't have to live out of anymore because we're redeemed. It's a good, good understanding of our redemption. But Galatians 3 verse 2, it says, this only would I learn of you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you get born again? Did you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Did you get it by doing something to show God you earned it? Or did you get it because you heard it by faith? See, we have to answer these questions. You know, you don't get anything from God unless you believe. Even Abraham had to do that. and He he didn't even really didn't have a formal covenant with God except what he worked out with God uh, mano a mano, you know, on his own. But but still, the covenants of God are consistent in what they provide. And faith must be engaged in order for us to receive anything from God. If you hear of something that God wants to do for you and you refuse to believe it, Amen. Now this is, this is something people don't really think much about sometimes, but you can believe anything you want to believe. Huh? You, once you mix what you hear with faith, you become a believer. There are many people who believe things that have very little natural evidence to validate what they believe. Amen. There are some people, you know, people that you've known, in your unchristian life before you knew the Lord, they'd watch you for years thinking, waiting for you to trip up because they refuse to believe you're saved. You understand me? So, so people, you have the ability to choose what you believe. And, and many times we don't mix the things of God or the word of God with faith because it sounds too good to be true or it's contrary to what we've always believed. 
or is contrary to what somebody in authority is telling us is true. And so we have to make a decision to not pick and choose through God's word what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. We can't allow ourselves to let condemnation of the word when i say that i mean this you hear god is going to do something for you and the first the first impression your ear gets is that's oh no that couldn't be true what it's called staggering huh and so we're admonished in the word not to stagger at the promises of god through unbelief now you can stagger all you want to getting excited about it and hoop and holla and Go run, tell everybody, do as long as you're mixing your faith in with it, it's cool with God, but it says not to stagger through unbelief. Don't let that word get too heavy for you to believe because you think it won't come to pass. See, what many people, we make the mistake of doing this. We think when we hear God's word, we don't think it's true because it's God's word. We judge if it's true or not because it's coming to us. And if you ain't feeling real good about yourself one day, you ain't going to think it's ever going to happen for you. Just saying now. Not throwing no shade. Don't catch none. (laughs) Didn't throw none. Don't catch none. You know, I mean, it really is true. And so that's why we have praise and worship when we begin. It puts you over in the realm of the spirit where your heart is open to God. It's easier for you to receive the word. Amen. Sometimes you'll hear people just, you know, in some of the older churches, uh, the way they would start church. This is a church tradition in in a lot of uh, southern churches, rural churches, black churches. They will have a uh, series of, of starting the service. The first people that get to the service would begin by praying or they would sing a cappella. As more people came in, there was more, uh, more joined in, uh, instruments showed up and they began to, that's just a tradition. You'll see that sometime in churches right now that, that adhere to old time, you know, old time church traditions. And so we'll look at that. Now people, now I'm just going to be honest with you. When it, it, the, the, it's a tradition in many, many black churches. And the praise and worship will go on almost for an hour and a half before it really cranks up and everybody's there and everybody. Well, that came from the tradition of people, country people walking to church. And as they came in, that was when they got there. You got there after you got everybody washed, dressed, but they held service for people because it was so important for them to get there. And so you'll see a lot of tr- traditions like that, and, and and we think, well, we don't know how to get nowhere on time. That's a lie from the pit of hell, because you know anybody with a job knows how to get somewhere on time. Come on now. And if you're giving birth, you gonna get to the hospital on time. <laughs> that baby gonna make you get there on time. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of things we on time for. Now don't put that lie out there. But see, on time for some people means we just got a half hour for praise and worship and let's do that and get out of here because people got to go watch football. Now, if I'm wrong, tell me. 
most of your Caucasian churches operate like that. You come in late for praise and worship, you just missed it. Everybody looking at you funny because we got to get out of here by 1230 because football is at 1 o'clock. Or something else people want to do. Scared to hold people too long. Oh, we can't do that. And so many times we don't have enough exposure, this is my thinking, to worship to get people to really believe the word. That's why many times people have conferences and they have to go for days and days and days. My thought is just have one big meeting 24-7 and let's cut the nonsense out and let people sit under that word long. Because see, we're looking for things to happen like they did in the early church, but we don't do the early church routine. After they, well, they never really were able to, to preach at the synagogue because the religious people had that held up. It's a thought. And so they would go from house to house sharing what God had taught them. And as they went, they would meet people that they would share the gospel with. And that's how they turned the world upside down. They just were on fire for God 24-7. The fire never went out. And so many of our modern ideas have cut short the ability of the congregation to receive enough faith to go out and do just live a normal life, trusting God for it. You understand what I'm saying? You, If you can't get enough understanding of the word in your services, you need to make some changes so that people can go out of their understanding more about God. So they can believe to, can, can apply more of what they receive in the service. See, it's hard to go out and apply something that you really have not been convinced is the truth. You have to be convinced under the anointing and the preaching and so forth and so on of the truth of God's word. Amen. Now you can get some things off of video and some things say, but you're not going to get anything. You sitting here the Holy Spirit in me is reading your thoughts and your needs and all of that and solving those problems for you as I preach. Amen. So you got to trust that process. People get converted under other people's words. You got me? And so when we we commit to the word of God, you have to commit to it 100%. You've got to make up your mind. Everything I hear here is for my good. Everything I hear, you know, that lines, I'm talking about lining up with the word of God. You can open your, that's why you open your own Bible. You can read it for yourself and, and make up your mind. You're going to believe what you have heard and you're going to act on it as you receive it. And so as you open your ear to hear God's word, Mix it with your faith. Don't let it stop at your ear and say, oh, hold it. Wait a minute. That ain't for me. Who told you it's not for you? You know, when is when is everything in God's word ever going to be for you? You got me? If not now, when? You know, everybody, you, we want to put stuff off and do it later. And it's not that important right now. See, what what I need right now, I need me some money. That's what everybody needs right now. Well, you're going to always need that right now. But right now, God has something better for you. Better. There's many things better than money. 
and God has them for us all coming from his word. Amen. So the word must be mixed with your faith. You have enough faith to move a mountain on the inside of you. It's just got to be mixed with the right thing. Huh? You, you can blow up something. You know how people uh, do the, uh, when, when they would, the old days when they, well, they didn't, they know how to package it better now, but they would have dynamite and it was so explosive when the transport it, they would have to stabilize it to transport it. Like if it were, these are back in the days when they had horse and buggy. And in the back of the carriage of the buggy, it would be in a vial and it was suspended by two strong pieces of rope so that it wouldn't jostle too much and explode. You got me? Well, your faith will do the same thing. When you mix it with the word of God, it'll explode anything out of your body, out of your mind, out of your life, out of your kids' lives. Amen. And if you got family members that not, you know, they're not uh, serving God, they waiting to be blowed up. They shocked they'd have survived all this time. They look, oh boy, here come my crazy Anna, my crazy cu- Hey, cuz, how you doing? They breaking out in the sweat and the, oh, the whole time you're a, uh, yeah, they shocked they ain't blew up by now. Cause they can sense what you got if you can. So you gotta, you, you've gotta commit to this thing, you know, is what I'm trying to tell you. You won't get, you won't get anything just casually dating it. Everybody holding their breath. You, you might as well exhale, huh? Cause if God says so, I'll go there. Huh? You want something bad enough, you'll pursue it. Y'all want me to keep moving, don't you? (laughs) It's all right. I'll keep moving. Huh? These brothers think you fine, especially if you put them off a little bit. Oh, man, they on the hunt then. They calling you 24-7. Can't get rid of them. Huh? The women is laughing, but the men ain't saying nothing. Y'all might as, y'all might as well exhale. Cause if you apply the same principles to God, you come up with something real good. Amen? Cause God will do you nothing but good. Huh? Most men are sorry they invested all the time they did. Huh? Yeah. Women too. It didn't moved him up. His his name might start with a a, a Z, but you done moved him up to A on the speed dials. And gave him a new name already. Uh huh. Because you're in pursuit of something. Because you want it. Well, health and healing and everything else must be like that. 
See, we've got to, we've got to pursue the things of God just like we do the things in the natural that we want. Huh? And so, in, in, in this scripture in Proverbs, where it says, pay attention, that means give it your full attention. Not part-time attention. Huh? You have to give it, focus on it, and give it your full attention. Let God know you're serious about receiving what it is that, that you're, you're needing an answer for. It might be an answer to prayer regarding your, your academics. It might be finances. It might be career. It might be, uh, spiritual life. All of that stuff. If you will pursue it and understand that you're on the hunt for something and, and you're, you refuse to, to get a no answer. You refuse to come up empty handed. You refuse to let that thing go and say it can't work for you and it won't happen for you. See, if you'll get that determination and that commitment to God's word, then that word will work for you without fail. But you've got to be. So it says, give it your full attention. Attend to my word. Many times we get so accustomed to playing tapes and playing music. It's like in the back, it's background noise for our conversations, TV shows and everything else. But when you go after God and begin to pursue God, you have to shut that out. In fact, if your spirit is trained to the word, stuff can be going on and you have that word, your focus said, wait a minute, let me get this. You put that away because your spirit man is hungry for the things of God all the time. Your spirit man wants to engage with God all the time. And your spirit man is, 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 has a plan for success for your life that he knows he has full confidence that those things will come to pass. He believes faithfully that everything God has said about you is true and everything he has promised you will come to pass. So you have to give your spirit man an opportunity to get as much exposure to the word as he needs so that he can make what what you desire real. He wants to make it real. When it says don't let it depart from your eyes, that means to commit to it. That means to when you when you refuse to let something go, you make a firm commitment to it. You make sure you have enough exposure. Like I was mentioning, I decided to get several Bibles open in different places where I frequent in my house so that I, my eyes can, can fall on the word all the time. You got me? You know, when you're after something in God, you got to make up your mind to do some of this stuff. I remember, and we still do it, we would always sell scriptures, you know, and attractive little plaques and stuff like that, and uh, uh, refrigerator stickers with magnets on it, you know, we got tons of them. I had a friend that I started ministry with almost 30 years ago. She took a picture of some. She said, you remember I still have this from when you made them for me when we were ministry years ago. You understand what I'm saying? And so I, I, I appreciate those things because that lets me know that the word of God is still precious to my friend and is still precious to me. And God has kept us in his will all of these years. And so it's, it's very, very important to understand how to keep the medicine of the word going into your ears 
Keep it in front of your eyes. Don't let it depart. Don't go and and decide that you're going to take a three week vacation from the word or, you know, or let it slip or get a little bit here, a little bit there. I've done that before. You understand what I'm saying? Get too busy working for God to talk to God or to listen to God or get something fresh from God. You know what I'm saying? You just, it's easy to, to fall into some little stupid trap like that. And so to safeguard yourself, it's good to surround yourself with the word of God. Keep it. He says here, keep it in front of your eyes. Don't let it depart because once it departs, it may not come back. You know, you'll see some people used to be on fire for God. And now they talking bad about everything. Ah, oh, that don't work. And are you still going over there with them people? Yeah, I'm going over there because God's over there. What you doing? See what I'm saying? And so it's easy to do that. You you can you can have too many bad days strung together and find yourself moving away from God, huh? Job's wife. It didn't take her long at all. Chapter 1, she was telling him to curse God and die. We don't know how large an insurance policy the girlfriend had, but it's just a joke. Wake up, everybody, okay? It's not that serious. Praise God. (laughs) You know, you you be sleeping with one eye open. Sister say something like that, you down there sick and, you know, boils all over and smelling bad and, Job said his breath smelled bad, his skin smelled bad, everything smelled bad on him. Uh huh. Then she gonna tell you to die. Uh huh. So you gotta keep the word in front of you. You can be exposed, you can have a bad day and get exposed to the wrong information. And pretty soon everything you believed or, or thought you believed or tried to believe all these years will fly right out of your head. You know, we got backslidden preachers, backslidden sheep, backslidden everything. They get offended over small things and quit wanting to serve God. So this isn't something you can just casually look at it here, look at it there and say you got it. You know, you if you got it, go get some more. <laughs> if you got it all, come lay hands on me and see if you can give some of that to me. But you you understand what I'm saying. This is not something you just get and quit and move on to something else. There is nothing else that's going to be bring life, that's going to bring health, that's going to bring peace, comfort, security, that's going to fit all your needs. It, there is nothing else. So we're to give it our full attention. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Read your Bible every day. As uh, 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 Prophetess Juanita Bynum said, go get your paper Bible. Quit playing with them them uh, on your phone. <laughs> them Bible apps. <laughs> Amen. So, so it's just that way, folks. You have to understand what's going to help you. And this is what will help you. When it says keep it in the midst of your heart, that means let it be the central part of you so that it can guide you. It can guide your thinking, guide your life, guide your steps, guide your decisions. If you keep the word of God central 
on the inside of you. Don't let it slip. You know, um, sometimes we'll get in conversations with people. The conversation goes off on the wrong trail. You have to repent. You have to make sure you, you keep yourself in a place where that word is central to your conversation. Amen. I know I would, I had the habit, God got me in the habit very early, and I don't think it's because I'm a minister. I just believe this is, this is the way to have a good conversation with a believer. That after I would finish talking with somebody, I said, well, why don't we pray? Well, before we get off the phone, let's pray. You know, I mean, the Quakers did that. Huh? Lord, watch between me and thee. <laughs> Amen. While we are apart. You, you end your conversation with a blessing of, of self-keeping, a blessing of thanksgiving to God, a blessing. You know, this is how you keep one another. And this is how you're kept. You're kept by the word of God. And so, and I don't mean prophesy to each other. Cut that stuff out. You just, just bless each other. And people want to go off the rails so easily. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So, I mean, this is the way, this is the way you're kept. This is the way, you know, ask God to let you see that person again and let them see life the following day. Yeah, anything you want to bless one another with. But, but to keep that word central in your heart and take it to heart. Amen. When it says keep it in the midst of your heart, it means be sincere about it. In other words, hear that word and commit to do the word. God, this is something that I can do. This is something that I'm going to do. This is something with your help I will be able to do. With your grace, I'll be able to to carry this out. But I want to obey this word, God. I want to get on the phone and talk to people and encourage them instead of trying to find out what they know about somebody that's not good. Amen. And there are plenty of opportunities to do that. So as believers, we have to pass those up. And just keep that word central in your heart. Just like your physical heart pumps life to your entire body, your spirit pumps life to your entire body when you feed your spirit with the word of God. There, there is no word of God that's without power. Every word of God has power in it and it's able to bring itself to pass. Isaiah 55 tells us, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me and say I couldn't do it. So God's word is faithful. God is faithful. So we have to hook our faith up with a faithful God and his faithful word. See, the word of God won't, you know, if, if, if you're praying for God to, to send you extra money so you can get some bills paid, now, I don't know about mad money. That's between you and God. You understand what I'm saying? Because some people, all their money is mad. You understand? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, oh. And pretty soon you have not paid one bill. Amen. And so you want to, to make sure that you're asking for God is purposeful. Amen. It, it, cause he don't get involved with nonsense stuff. You know, God will look at you one day and will say, if you've got that kind of money to throw away, I got some missionaries over here. You could, you understand what it is? It's some, it's some people that, that just lost a loved one that you need to bless. Amen. When you belong to God. And so God wants us to be purposeful with everything that he puts into our hands. 
But his word won't come back and say, well, you know, you sent me out to get that money for her to pay that bill and I couldn't do it. So if you don't get it, it's nothing wrong with the word of God. And it's not that the word of God is not for you. Sometimes that word meets some resistance on its way back to completing what it is that you want. The word of God is fought over in the realm of the spirit. Huh? You think you're just going to sit up here and believe God, confess for this, confess for that, just walk right in there? No, there's a demon there trying to stop it from getting to you. And the people who are determined that that word is true, if you really believe it's true, you're going to stand there and make that thing happen to you for you with your faith. This is how it gets done, folks. It's not done. In fact, if stuff starts coming to you too automatic, you need to get suspicious. Huh? Because many times God is, is allowing our faith to be developed beyond the just basic stage. You understand what I'm saying? When the disciples asked him, Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed. In other words, he said, it, it don't have to start out big. In fact, it never does start out big. He said, you can take it and say to this mountain, be removed. So that lets you know that if your faith is connected with God's word, even though it starts out small, even in a small state, it's big enough to move something much, much bigger than it. So if you know that word is that powerful, why do we sit back and wonder if we go, that's something to not be casual about at all. If you sit there and you think about that, think about how you got saved. Think about the confused condition you were in. Didn't even know you need needed God and the door opened and you found out God was on the other side. And you walked in and received him. That's a big number. You you crossed over so many things to just even to get born again. When you cross from death into life, that's a big number, folks. Huh? You don't just do that on just somebody say so. Something happened on the inside of you. When you mix that word with faith, you dare to believe even a little bit. Tommy Welchel, the guy that, that is doing the Azusa, uh, he's a Azusa Street historian said that uh, he was raised in a Pentecostal home. His mother uh, would take him to see all the, it, when he was a kid, the healing evangelists, Oral Roberts and Branham and people like that, A.A. Uh, a. Allen were, were ministering, still alive and ministering. And he said his mom would take him to all of those meetings. So he was always exposed to the supernatural of God. You, you understand what I'm saying? As a young man. And something happened in his family. I think his dad lost the farm. He was a, a corn farmer, but he was also a moonshiner. And out of that, uh, the government got him, and, and he lost the farm. And, and Tommy just took a nosedive. He was very angry, and he took to robbing people in his neighborhood, so forth and so on. And he wound up running from the law all the way to California, to start a new life. And he said that 
he started fighting out there and got put out of where he was living and he was sitting on the on the boardwalk on the beach and saw two women coming pe- toward him and he knew they were pentecostal women by the way they dressed he'd been around them people all his life so he thought he conned them into thinking that he got saved <laughs> so they witnessed to him prayed the sinner's prayer with him but he didn't know what they had ah uh-huh. see this is what happened to all of us we got saved for real Somehow one day you thought you were playing church and God got real real to you. Huh? And so he figured he'd play along with them. And after they finished praying, he knew he was changed. And he said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And they said, yeah. But what he was saying was, I thought I was just playing and God came in and got me. Huh? That's how powerful the word of God is. Why? Because God's, that boy's mother had made a promise to God that she would raise her son for God and that, and people had prophesied over him that he would be a preacher. Well, who thought it would happen while he was on the run from the law? He figured he'd have run so far away from God, he'll never find me. But God found him and he was converted. And to this day, he's still living for God. Amen. Still ministering for God. So this word is that powerful. So when you begin to believe the the word of God for your healing, for whatever you're believing for, you've got to understand the amount of power that you're dealing with. So it's not that there's anything wrong with the word or, you know, sometimes we pray for a, a season and we think it's taking too long. That's everybody's complaint. Um, that's never going to change to a degree. There's always going to be that temptation. When you say it's it's taking too long, that's really giving up trying to knock on your door. So you got to learn how to quit playing around with that time thing where the word of God is concerned. At some point, you must make up your mind. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Sometimes people who are bugged by the length of time have in mind something else they want to do instead of stay under the discipline of the word. So you have to stay under the discipline of the word until it breaks you, till it breaks that resistance off of you first before you can even get something. Amen. See, we want everything. I like instant too, you know, but really be honest with you. Most stuff that instant ain't too good. Huh? Instant coffee. Nobody drinks that stuff. We had to go back to real coffee. Huh? Now talk about medicine. That stuff tastes like medicine. And they've had, they've had many they have decades, have had decades to perfect that stuff, and it still tastes gross. Amen? Amen. Instant, I don't know what else is, oh, that ramen stuff that all these young kids like to throw some hot water on and throw it in the microwave. And Listen, anything that keeps swelling up in a bowl, is that once you get it in you, what do you think it's going to do? Some of them ramens are still swelling up in some people. I'm serious. Huh? 
Well, it's the same thing with your instant prosperity, instant healing, instant job, instant everything. Some stuff is worth laboring and putting your effort into so that when you get it, you can keep it. Well, y'all better get rid of them ramens then if that's what y'all. And you ain't got no business with them. You got two little kids in that house. You better not be giving shorty no ramens. <laughs> blow, the, blow that little baby up like that. Don't be treating her like that. Cut it out. At least get a can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Huh? Because them things know how to stop swelling up. My goodness. So there's not a whole lot that comes instant, folks, that's worth anything. Impatient people always wind up on the losing end. Because impatience simply, simply means you don't know how to commit to anything. You've never committed into it to anything. You don't intend to start. Amen. And you don't want to commit to anything. So when you find yourself getting worn out, tired, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that when it comes to the word of God, just go check yourself. Amen. Go check yourself. Many people that get tired of believing God are wishing instead of believing. Huh? There's a difference between wishing and faith. Amen. Faith has substance to it. Wish you can blow it's like that. A wish ain't gonna last for very long. You know, wishing is like having a, a, a slideshow in your brain. Slide number one. Ooh, I want that. Slide number, ooh, I want that too. Slide number, ooh, I want that. You understand what I'm saying? That's all it is. And so when you start understanding the difference between, see, what you get from God comes from His Word. You've got to get the word in you to get a real night. God will give you images of things he has in store for you. But for the most part, they come from the word of God. Amen. So when you start feasting on the word of God, then God will give you a vision of what he has for you. It'll start to project on the inside of your spirit. It won't be this little slideshow that keeps coming and going. You got me? And what he has for you may not even exist in the natural realm yet. So you just can't borrow somebody else's vision or somebody else's dream or somebody else's what they looking for and claim it as yours. It's called stealing. Amen. It's called covetousness. And the Bible teaches us against that. When it says you shall not covet what your neighbor has, That means that belongs to your neighbor. But if you want something similar from God, go and get on your little rusty knees and pray and ask God what's for you. Get in the word and ask him to open up the word to you so that you begin to get a vision of what God, what he really thinks about you, what he has for you, what he has in store for you. Because the Bible says your eye is not seen nor has your ear heard. Neither is entered into your heart the things that God. God's got all new stuff for you. You don't have to want what your neighbor's got. Because you don't know how your neighbor got it. Most neighbors, everything they got comes with a note. So if you don't want a note and you don't want debt, stay off your neighbor's shenanigans, you know. Let them have what they have. 
and then get in the word of God and get before God and, and tell him, just begin to thank him for what he has for you. Amen. What he has for you is always going to be the best thing. It's always going to be the greatest thing. It's always going to be the nicest thing. Amen. Amen. You know, there are things that we want, but we don't want the, you know, like I asked God, I didn't want my car to stop. It's 24 years old. May she rest in peace. <laughs> and then, then the guy, the, the, the car had enough nerve to get a new life. I, I, well, I didn't sell it. You know who sold it for me. CC, the repo man. He sold it for me and, and this guy, he said, Oh, the motor wasn't dead. I got it started up again. I said, well, praise God. I said, is working for him. You understand? What? He sent us a picture. He got it all shined up. and I was thankful. I said, God, my prayers are answered. It got another life. Amen. Amen. But when I went to get my car, I wasn't paying no big money for it. And I'm just real sorry. So what I can afford is going to have to run. Huh? People say, well, I want new because I don't want no lemon. My God don't send me no lemons. I don't. <laughs> I didn't order lemons and I didn't order lemonade, so He ain't gonna send me nothing like that. But He's not gonna take me over my comfort level, money wise. Amen. If you trust in a twenty-four year old car, you pretty much trust in anything. Huh? I'm telling you, the original starter went out on it, it was about fifteen years old. And the, the boy started, you know, my nephews, the mechanics, mechanically minded, and Mac with his do your research. You know, you can't talk to him and just say, well, Mac, can you, you gotta do your research. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Let me hang up and do my research and then I'll call you back. You know, so we can have an intelligent conversation. Uh, and, uh, they made me get the starter repaired. Cause I was comfortable praying in tongues every time I started it up. Huh? Between me and God. Leave us alone. Amen. So some things you do so other people can be peaceful. <laughs> I, I do this for you. You know. But I was fine with it. That, it bugged them. You gonna wear that thing? No, I'm not. God starting it up. I was real, I was having fun with it until they took my toy away. Amen. That was the only thing that made me get a new starter. At 20 years old. Well, listen, I'm not leaving here without using my faith. Are you kidding me? You gotta use, and that's small. You gotta use your faith on much bigger things. I use my faith for souls, for healings, for how am I gonna get a miracle for somebody who's sick if I don't know how to keep my car running? Well, right. Anywho, <laughs> so my new car is 12 years old. I say I ought to say this. Huh? It's young. <laughs> it don't bug me. It doesn't bug me what people think. It doesn't bug me what people say. This is between me and God. Huh? He's working on something in me. He's developing something in me far beyond what we're talking about and dealing with all the time. My days of wanting to have the newest car so that people can look at me are long gone. Huh? 
<laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't know what you ride around in in heaven, but I know it's going to be tight and it's going to be right. And I can wait, I can wait till I get there to get it. I'll have to have everything down here. Are you kidding me? I want my works to account for something. So wishing is not faith because faith has substance to it. And the, the picture in your spiritual mind of what you are getting by faith will not change. What you wish for will change. Amen. Yeah. You know, if you're believing God for a spouse or, you know, whatever, spice, spouse, whatever y'all want to call people. Uh-huh. You know, people have pictures in their minds and, oh yeah, well that's nice, you know, he looked good in a suit, but I want one that's gonna work out too, you know. And you ain't doing nothing. Your biggest sprint is going from the couch to the, to the refrigerator. Woo! Worked up a sweat on that one. Huh? Let me get two Coca-Colas this time. You understand what I'm saying? So it changes continually. When God begins to help you visualize what he has in store for you, it does not change, but it does become clearer to you the closer it gets to you. Why? Because faith has substance to it. Amen? These things are real, held for you in a secure place called glory, where you can't get to it to mess it up or to reject it or to say, well, he looked kind of nice, God, but his 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 teeth is funny. No, you're not going to get a chance to say that because God is going to put a picture on the inside of you that comes from his word and it will not change. Amen. You can't change it. So you have to get accustomed to God being able to show you things, give you glimpse of things, not show you the whole picture yet until it's imminent, until it gets much closer to you. Amen. And so when we begin to visualize with the word, that's how it comes to us. First in a shadow, then in a figure, then it gets clearer because it's substance to it and it gets closer and closer. Now, sometimes people are afraid to ask God to show them things. I don't think you should be afraid at all. You know, it's like, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. You know, surprise me, God. Well, because you know what it is? Our carnal minds are afraid it won't be right. Like God's going to give you something you don't want. Amen. Absolutely. He said he'd give you the desire. He's reading what's on the inside of you before he sends it to you. So these signals are coming from your heart as to the things that you desire. He will never send you anything you don't want. Amen. I'm talking about your spirit man wanting. I'm not talking about your. Uh-huh. Them eyeballs that want to stay at the gym all the time. You can't even exercise your 10 minutes on a bike for looking around, trying to (laughs) shop it. Amen. So if you continue to believe, it'll come to pass. God can get anybody to believe him for one day or one week. He's looking for faith. 
all the time. Even with some of the little faith projects I, I do. Now, most of y'all don't even think that's, that means anything or it's worthwhile or it's real or necessary. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say stuff like, well, I believe God for my car and it's this number of years old. And you just laugh and let it go, right? But see, that's to help you with your washer that might be falling apart next week. Amen. <laughs> or your refrigerator that or your electricity might go out and you sitting there watching the clock hoping your food won't spoil till it comes back on. You understand what I'm saying? So you you have to understand these things, these faith stories are necessary things that we can embrace in order to let our faith work. You know, even if you file it in your spirit somewhere at the time when it's needed, it will come up inside of you as recall. But if you just shrug it off and, and think it's some foolish old lady that don't have nothing better to do with her life, you know what I'm saying? You won't get the benefit of it because any exercise of faith is precious to God. It's important to his kingdom. The Bible says when the son of man returns, will he find faith? So faith is going to get more and more scarce. As people get more tuned into natural things, 24-7 news, People are going to be so consumed with what they hear other than the word of God. Amen. And you can't trust TV ministry either because a lot of that people are just selling product. So you have to be careful with these things. You've got to keep your eyes and your ears open for God's word. Amen. So Romans chapter 10, if you'll go there. This is what we refer to as the Roman road. This is how lives are changed. This is how your life is changed. It's how lives of all people are changed, to be honest with you. Romans 10, verse 5, we'll start there. It says, for Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. So the old Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments and all of the different aspects of it. He says, the man that does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness, which is of faith, talks like this. Now, this is how faith talks. Don't say in your heart, who shall go to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what does it say? It says the word is nigh thee, the word is near you, it's even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So in other words, in other, instead of saying, well, how am I gonna figure this out? How am I gonna, is, is, do I have to go to heaven to find the truth? Do I have to go down and find Christ to find the truth? No, it's in you already. Huh? He said, no, the, the righteousness that is of faith, this is how it talks. He says, it's near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. It's like, you know, when people first try to figure out how to get saved, or how to find God, or how to get born again. If you tell them it's just as simple as saying a simple prayer, most people don't believe you. They'll say, I've been praying all my life, and, and well, you've just heard the truth now. You've heard the good news, finally. And he says, But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is a word of faith, which we preach that if you shall confess or say with your mouth, 
Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With the heart you believe unto righteousness. That's why Proverbs 4.20 is so important. To keep that word in your ear and let it get into your heart and don't let it depart. He says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart at the time of your confession. Huh? See, there are a lot of people, you know, you've been to these funerals of people, you know, they get up, read the obedience, so-and-so confess Christ at an early age. And you think to yourself, well, you couldn't really tell it by the way they lived. You know, I'm just being honest with you. You must believe at the time you confess. See, we get people that, that, that get in church and you believe Christ rises. Yeah, I believe they don't believe nothing. You got me? And so at the time that you say, it's the same thing as Mark eleven twenty three. Amen. If you believe you receive when you pray, you'll get it. You can't not believe you receive it when you pray. You have to put the whole thing together at one time. And see what people try to do is they try to get people in churches to confess Christ and they don't believe any of the salvation details about Christ. Huh? The Bible says the wages of sin are, is death. Turn to uh, Romans 6, I think it's 623. That's why they call it the Roman road, you know. Isn't that right, Miss Jan? <laughs> We've been taught the Roman road, and it's good. Because, you know, sometimes you're you're able to, by the Holy Spirit, put it together and make it apply to people when you witness to them. But it's a good, it says for the, in 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Well, how do you get that? You have to turn to Romans 10 to find that out. Amen. It says, what, what does the word say? Faith says it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Amen. And it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes. It, your faith has got to be in your heart and in your mouth. It's got to be two places at the same time. And many times we get a quote-unquote faith out of somebody's mouth and their heart's not connected in there. That's how they go away from the church and the next time you see them it's at their funeral and they never live for God a day that you know of in between there because it's got to be a two-part thing it says for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation there are many people that believe Jesus is the savior of the world but they never confess it to help themselves huh I've had Muslims tell me I know more about Jesus than you do. I said, well, do you know he's your Lord and he wants to be? Huh? I said, really? Even if I don't know as much as you do, mine is doing me a whole lot more good. You understand? You got to believe the essential things. And so he says here, the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. So confession means you're not ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. 
So you get the same benefits from, from your covenant with God as anybody else does. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So that's where we come in. Somebody must attest to your salvation in order for it to be valid. Now you can get, you know, you can, you can speak to God. I mean, people have been converted on their deathbeds, but God has a process here of us hearing. That's why you got to preach the gospel. You can't assume that because everybody's got Christian television and we got this and we got that, that people have actually had the opportunity to receive Christ. Amen. Really, the body of Christ is here to introduce the world to the Savior. That's our job, is to make sure that people understand the truth about Christ and they have an opportunity to confess their sins and receive him as their Savior and their Lord. It says, how shall they preach except they be sent? That's you and me. And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and good things. Amen. And verse 17 winds up by saying, so then Paul has proved his point. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why we gather together so that when the word is preached, faith goes out. So you're receiving faith right now if you will pay attention Incline your ear, amen, and let God begin to show you what it is that he can do for you to help you, to bless you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, and so that you can go out and tell somebody else. This is how the early church set the world on fire. Everything that they heard when they gathered together, they went out and demonstrated it in the streets. They went out and told others about it. They went out and gathered converts because they were motivated to do so. As believers, we should be motivated to do so. To begin to declare with boldness and with confidence that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you ever trusted Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever had the opportunity to repent of your sins and let him come into your heart. Has anybody ever shared that with you in a way that you can receive it for yourself? And this is how we we communicate the gospel to people. We're here to make friends out of enemies. We're here to make converts to the kingdom out of people that don't have a God. And it doesn't matter how mean they are, how uh, steeped in sin they are. All who call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. So what God needs to do is get people to them who can preach the truth to them and declare with confidence the word of God. Meditation allows the word of God to begin to have its effect on your body. So if you need healing in your body, meditating on the word, just capturing that word in your attention and mulling it over in your mind over and over and over again. You know, sometimes you'll sit and you'll start thinking about the scripture or you'll be reading the scripture and you'll start to to meditate on it and, and take it to heart and speak it over and over, mumble it a little bit to yourself. 
and begin to mutter it up. Well, as you do that, you are, are eating the word, so to speak. Your spirit, that's how your spirit man gets food. He gets it through meditation. Amen. Many times we meditate on many things. We don't understand how we get uh, moved to do certain things, but that word has been working in us. I mean, even it doesn't even have to apply to the word of God. It can apply to anything that you hear. Amen. And so you you'll begin. That's how how life comes forth through meditation. You begin to to break that word down so that your spirit can digest it. You begin to let your mind get renewed to it so that the next time you hear it, it makes more sense to you than what you normally hear. You get converted. Your mind has to quit believing what it used to believe and now only believe what the word of God says about that situation. For instance, if it's your health and your body, you must believe that you are already healed because it is true. It's a heavenly judgment against sickness for all believers. Amen. Sickness cannot take up residence in your body when you're bought by the blood of Jesus. If you're born again, see, this is why it's so important to teach the word of God, because we got a lot of quote unquote saved people sitting up in churches everywhere, but they don't understand really what salvation really means. Salvation means that everything that happened at the cross belongs to you. Not just saying, thank God I'm saved and you got to get out of free jail, you know, get out of jail free card when it's time for, you know, at the end of your life. But salvation means rescuing from every situation that would come to harm you. It means being pulled out of condemnation, damnation, the penalty of the devil. I don't care what you did. Penalty is not on on the list of things that God has lined up for his people. Amen? Punishment is not on the list. I know, I know you the worst desperado ever lived. But punishment is still not for you. Amen? Now, sometimes people put up with things, well, you know, the kind of life I live. Yeah, but Jesus died to give you a new life. You're not that person anymore. So don't let the penalty be a a deterrent to you believing God for good things. Amen? Or we're all in trouble. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So God has made provision for healing for everybody. If you're not healed, if you're, if you're born again and you're not healed now, when are you going to be healed? Huh? When the symptoms leave? If you don't believe you're healed already, that may not happen. Huh? Bible says, who shall ascend up to heaven to bring him down again? He's not going to come down here again and heal you. He's already healed you. By the word of faith in your mouth and in your heart. So you meditate on this word long enough, you'll believe you're healed. Nobody will have to hold you down and force feed you the word. Nobody have to tell you off and, you know, kidnap you and brainwash you or whatever. You, you understand what I'm saying? You'll believe it. You meditate on it long enough. Because there's nothing left for Jesus to do. On the cross, he paid for your sin. And the effects of sin. 
sickness is just a remnant of sin still lodged in your body. And it can be pushed out with the word. This, this is why we meditate on the word. Every time you meditate on the word, more health, healing, and wholeness is taking residence and is pushing symptoms out of your body. So really, all there is now left is to get rid of the symptoms. Amen? Because if you believe you healed, you don't have disease. It says he took our diseases, carried our punishments. He took everything away from you that's negative for your life on that cross, which entitles you to now receive health and wholeness by feeding on the word of God, by letting that word minister to you the way it's made to minister to you. The word will drive out all sickness, all weakness, all hurt, all poverty, bad memories, bad activities. It'll take care of all of that. You are a new creature. And what you're doing when you meditate on the word is you're making that new creation person stronger and stronger and stronger until pretty soon it can push off everything negative that comes against it. Once you start believing in the word, there's no going back for you. You understand what I'm saying? You just can't quit and stop believing the word of God. You continue to believe it. Amen. Many times people will say, well, how come this is still here? And how come that's because you're questioning it. The fact that you question it lets you know where the problem is. You're letting doubt creep in. If God says you're healed, you're going to argue with him and try to take sickness on yourself. He says you're healed, you're healed, accept it. Well, God, I don't feel like I'm healed and I don't think like I'm healed. What about this and what about that? He'll get that straightened out. That's minor details. Amen. What the major detail is that you believe. And once you believe, if you continue to believe, you will receive what it is that God has for you without fail. you got to believe that. Amen. There are people believing for impossible things. And God wants them to receive what it is that he doesn't want to be. Dis- he want them to be disappointed. And the word says, if you hope in God, you will not be ashamed. You will not be disappointed. You will not be confounded. None of that stuff will happen to you if you believe God's word. Amen. And God doesn't care what it is that comes against us. Amen. You know, it, the government can say you can come out of your house now, but it's going to be people still in there because they're scared. Huh? If Rona didn't get you so far, Rona ain't going to get you. You know, look around and check your acquaintances. You don't know nobody that's got anything. Huh? Amen. Them is Facebook people that's got all this stuff. You don't even know, you don't even know if they real. You under, y- y'all know what I'm saying? Just believe God's word. I, I'm not going to even go there with y'all with this Rona thing, but you know what I'm saying. If you believe you're healed, you'll stay healed. It don't, it, no, no plague will come near your dwelling. You know, that's what, pro, uh, 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 Psalms 91 tells us. It won't come near you. You've got to say that with your mouth. Huh? You know, you say things, sometimes you say them, and you scare yourself. Well, your spirit man is supposed to scare your carnal man. Amen. Get him to go somewhere and sit down so you can live. Amen. The people, you know, people think superstitious. Well, I can't say that. Suppose that, that it happens. It ain't going to happen. 
<laughs> you got to believe it. Amen. All them crazy thoughts will come to you. Well, suppose I get it anyway. You ain't going to get it. You just said you wasn't going to get it. Don't let the devil mess with your head. Don't let him play with you. What you have inside of you is so much greater than his little fear words. Huh? If you only knew how scared he was of you that you're going to find something out that's really going to hurt him. Huh? So we believe God. Amen. Rona ain't got me and I ain't got it. I can't get it. And you can't get it either. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for everything that you've given us in the atonement, in the aspects of healing, in the aspects of uh, wholeness and salvation, of everything good and everything perfect, Lord, that you have planned and ordained for us. We thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you and we praise you. And we want to say happy Mother's Day to all mothers out there, all faith mothers, all women who are like mothers to somebody, all grandmothers, any so-and-so that prayed for you. Happy Mother's Day to her as well. So we thank you, Lord, for women who are taking up the cause of nurturing and caring for your inheritance, because certainly children are your inheritance. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. We are dismissed. Amen. Praise God.